Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 157. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at tandawaiusa.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at tandawaiusa. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. Today, we chat with Devon Devereaux. Join us inside the Desert Oasis Room as we chat with artist Devon Devereaux on how he got his start in the world of pop surrealism, his influences, his creative process, and what's in store for 2020. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a good rating. Doing so helps people find the show and helps boost our presence. Also, subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. And subscribers always get new releases first. You can find previous episodes at our website, DesertOasisRoom.com, as well as links to our social media, along with links to our guests' websites and their social media. And if you'd like to leave us a tip, click on the tip jar. Alrighty, here's my conversation with my friend Devin Devereaux. Devin. Adrian, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Aloha. Happy, Happy Aloha Friday. Happy Aloha Friday. Thanks for joining the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it so much. I've been wanting to talk to you about your art. And, you know, I, I kind of find it weird that we've both been in this tiki thing for a while. And I only recently met you last summer. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know I, I always feel like i'm kind of on the on the fringe of things i guess but okay still, still in the world but always kind of on the like on the out like uh, i don't know on the outskirts <laughs> kind of like uh on the outer edge right <laughs> right right yeah yeah well i dig your stuff um Thank you. so yeah so i'm excited to have you on the podcast let's start from the beginning let's let's start with your background for our listeners that aren't familiar with your work tell us a little bit about this type of art you do and your background, how you got started and all that. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist, uh, living in San Diego. Um, I would say a lot of my, my art is kind of pop surrealism, um, with a lot of tiki, a lot of retro horror, um, and kind of a, kind of a sliding scale of everything in between. Um, I'm from Flint, Michigan, originally, uh, went to art school in Michigan and then, uh, oh, okay. to the, uh, the West coast about, uh, 21 years ago. And, uh, but yeah, there's no, no tiki happening in Flint, Michigan. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> except for except for very, very recently, I went back and there was there's a Tiki restaurant right next to where my parents live, about a mile away. So uh, well, yeah. Tiki is it's working its way around the country. So, for sure. Yeah. So how did you get started in art, though? Was it something that you always did as a kid or did something yeah, influence you, know, you? I've always been obsessed with comic books, you know, since I was really young. And, um, you know, I've always wanted to, to write and draw comics, you know, when I, when I was younger. Oh, really? And yeah. And that was kind of my, my main focus when I was uh, when I was a teenager. I, I thought I might either want to get into filmmaking or into making comic books and being a storyteller. And I kind of I, I took some some filmmaking classes and found out how much compromise was involved, how much sit around and wait, how much you have to compromise and wait for other people before you can actually get your, your vision seen. But with comics, it's, you can just do everything that you need to do in a room and and you don't have to wait for anybody's input. You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you you can or can't do it. You just kind of do it and you figure out a way to get it out there. Now, were you, were you collecting comics? Oh yeah, yeah. I have a ridiculously large comic book collection to this day. Um, yeah, huge, and, huge. And you're and, still collecting and, to this day? Not as much. Not as much. I I back a lot of Kickstarters, and then I'll run into people that I know at at the comic book shows. But as right. far as all the mainstream comics go, they they hit the reset button too many times for me, where they kind of reset the continuum, and uh, I kind of just yeah, checked yeah. out after a while. So you know, in the 80s i was a big comic book collector and i don't know if it was the same time that you were collecting but i really got into it for the art because Mm -hmm. that was kind of the time where comic books took a turn and the artist became like really prominently featured on on the books you know so for sure one of the guys that i really fell in love with his art was Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. and he was drawing Spider-Man in this really unconventional way, you know, and, um, it just really kind of interested me. And, you know, there's a lot of this crossover with the art styles with, you know, with those, uh, comic book artists. And then, and then like you say, you call your art pop surrealism, right? And yeah. so they do a lot of that style of art as well. And, yeah, I, and I'd say one of my one of my biggest influences is, is '70s horror comics. So things yeah. like uh, the House of Mystery, Tomb of Dracula, old you know Gene Colan, Bernie Wrightson. You know that's that's the stuff I really really love. Wow. And, you know, so I, you know I'll I'll still buy like a big omnibus book of you know some old you know like Vault of Vault of Horror, or, you know, kind of the yeah also yeah the 1950s classic EC. And so before before I really got into into tiki and kind of discovered that that world, I was you know really obsessed with with you know with all that. And you know I actually put out a couple anthologies uh, called Tales of Hot Rod Horror. It was all like supernatural hot rod comics. And uh, but you know tiki was also kind of a part of that world, like right. that nineteen fifties you know post World War Two. So is that how you found your way into tiki? Just kind of the crossover stuff, or. Was you know, there it's, a specific it's kind of one entrance? of those things. It was it was always there, but I never yeah. really put the few pieces together. Um, you know, from when, when I was really young, you know, I loved you know Scooby Doo when they went to Hawaii, and you know there right. was the uh, the wear of the the tiki god, and you know of course there was the classic Brady Bunch episode. Sure, and, yeah. You know the, the you know, tiki, uh, and you know Chan Tiki Room at Disneyland. So the, the pieces were always always kind of there, but I didn't really know that there was a whole subculture around it until until much later in life. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of slowly started seeping its way into my work. Um, yeah. I used to live in Portland and there's a really great tiki bar up there called Holly Pele. 
Mm-hmm. And I became really, uh, you know, good friends with the uh, the owner at the time. And so the first tiki work I started doing was was for that uh, for the, the rest. I'm sorry, the bar. And so, um, you know, I did their uh, menu illustrations and um, did their uh, like all the art for their logo and their T-shirts and everything nice. for, for a while. Not, yeah. It's not what it currently is, but it was kind of like the, the second wave of, um, you know, art that they did. Okay. Where's your influence coming from with the style of your art? Man, uh, so I would say probably the biggest art influence on me ever is uh, a guy named Stephen Gamble. And okay. he was the one that originally did the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, which they recently did the uh, Guillermo del Toro produced movie last year. Okay. Um, but, the, but the original art for those books is probably to this day the biggest single influence on, on anything that I've done. Um, I'd also say Mark Davis, who designed a lot of the Disneyland art yeah. um, from uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, the Country Bear Jamboree. And, uh, you know, his, his style of art is just, you know, all, all my favorite stuff, the Haunted Mansion is all, all Mark Davis, but yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's a huge one. Um, yeah, any, anything from Disney's Haunted Mansion, I really love that whole kind of seventies horror aesthetic we talked about earlier, like things like Night Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the, the Night Gallery show, there was a different painting, um, at the beginning. I um, know the name Night Gallery, but I don't, I just don't recall. Yeah, it was, it was basically, it was by, um. Uh, Rod Serling, who created the Twilight Zone, yeah. that was his his follow up show in the seventies. But it launched the careers of you know Steven Spielberg and okay, um, you know a lot of and then that was the first thing Leonard Nimoy ever got to direct was a Night Gallery episode. But but there was one guy that did all the paintings at the beginning of every episode. His name was Thomas Wright, and he had like all these kind of like crazy trippy seventies horror uh, paintings. Um, but uh, I'm gonna have to yeah, look that, that up. Is his work? Oh published in a book or anything like that they're, or is it they're actually working on a book right now okay. um and i think it's i i don't know if it's out yet but um yeah I'm, I, I can't i can't wait to get a copy of that one for sure yeah yeah well you're throwing out a bunch of names that i want to i'm going to jot all these down and look them up <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so, so i'll keep going dave mckeon um okay. you know is a fantastic uh comic book artist and illustrator uh he did all the covers for the sandman comic books in mm-hmm. the 90s um, Glenn Barr, who's a Detroit artist, he's been a huge influence on my art. Um, he's, he's another big pop surrealist, um, kind of came out of that big juxtapose era of artists that hit in the late nineties and early two thousands. He was a background painter on Ren and Stimpy. Okay. And now he's kind of mostly just focusing on his own gallery work. Wow. Um, and then of course Shag, you know, Shag yeah, was another one yeah. of those guys that you know, came out of that, that whole camp of, you know, Mark Ryden and the Piz and. And all those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'd, be, I'd, I'd say like if, if there's a melting pot, I mean, those are kind of the, the biggest ones I can, I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. I know what's going to happen too is after we finish this recording, you're going to remember a few more names <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to well, say, oh, we, we should have mentioned this guy. And at uh, Comic-Con, yeah. that was one of the questions that I just was not prepared for. And I, I yeah, just yeah. completely drawn a blank. So I, I made sure ahead of time that I, <laughs> I, I knew who to throw out. There you go. I'm going to look up all of these <laughs> these artists and, and, and see what they're creating. And, you know, along that line, you know, just talking about all of these different styles of art, your art also meshes a number of these different styles and genres right from comic book superheroes to universal monsters i call those classic monsters the universal monsters because oh for sure like universal pictures right so um 
I've seen, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I've seen Universal Monsters in some of your art. I, I believe the, the werewolf, and, um, yep. and I think I've seen the classic Dracula in there. And yep. even to Elvis, you know. So <laughs> having said all of that and all those different styles, is there a favorite thing that you like to create? Is there one that you gravitate more towards? Uh, man, you know, it, it always kind of just comes and goes in waves. Um, it, uh, you know, like it, it almost seems kind of cyclically during the year, you know, yeah. when, when summertime's around, that's when I really kind of focus on the Tiki world and, and create more of the, the tropical art. Okay. But then as soon okay. as Tiki Oasis is done, it's my brain just immediately switches right. into Halloween mode. Right. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go of for course. The darker. Yeah. 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 So when you're creating this stuff, so what's your approach? So how do you, get creative like what gets the creative juices flowing well i mean at any time i have uh just a a huge list of things that i want to do um i'm really slow um i'm like an incredibly slow artist and i also have a nine to five day job i I make uh i make halloween costumes for my for my day job do you really i do yeah yeah there's a company up in poway called disguise so i I create a lot of artwork that gets um printed on on halloween costumes oh you're kidding me that's pretty cool yeah, yeah, not not bad for a for you know a day job. And, and yeah, especially so every, if that's every, like kind yeah, of everything else you see is when I'm trying to squeeze it in. Yeah, that's down your alley too with like the monster <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, or unless you're like yeah, no, creating stuff too, like uh, you know, like the guy that's that's like looks like a taco, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we get some, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Like I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. what I'm getting at too is that you know, as an artist or anybody that does anything creative, right? There's sometimes creative blocks, right? Writer's block. Uh, you know, I'm, honestly, I don't, I don't have that problem because my brain works a hundred times faster than my hands or okay. you know, the rest of myself. So I'm always kind of flooded with way too many ideas and just not enough time to execute, you know, even, yeah. even a quarter of them. Do you have like a little book or something that you um, put sketches in or? jot down ideas yeah yeah i keep i keep like a sketch you know like i've got like a little mini sketchbook in my wallet that i'll that i'll pull out every now and then oh okay and you know i'm also just kind of have an endless you know thing of notes on my iphone i'm just constantly writing stuff down all the time yeah doing a big brain dump that's a good thing because sometimes getting out of a rut can be really frustrating Mm -hmm. especially for somebody that's creative and, and depends on their creativity to make a living you know sure yeah is there anything that you've worked on that stands out in your mind, whether it's like, I mean, it could be a project or an event or an art piece? Yeah, I, well, I would say, you know, in the in the tiki world, I think a lot of people know me for um, a piece that I did um, several years ago with uh, Vincent Price in the Tiki Caves from uh, the Brady Bunch episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, I actually was at a horror convention, and that was when I was just starting to do some some work for Holly Pele. And I was uh, got to sit next to Victoria Price, who's uh, Vincent Price's daughter. Oh, how cool! And yeah, and so she had had seen what I, you know, seen my work, and she said, you know, hey, I love your horror stuff, I love your tiki stuff. You should do something with my dad, you know, from when he was on the Brady Bunch. I said, yeah, absolutely, let's let's do that. So she commissioned me to to do a portrait of uh, of her father, you know, and did, so it was officially licensed. I, I saw that. So that, that was one of my early pieces. It's but, amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, speaking of Vincent Price. It, this came up recently. I had was was at the uh, Tonga Hut um, 
maybe two weekends ago for the Tiki Central 20th anniversary party. Mm -hmm. And this thing came up about, you know, like there was this thing when I was a kid that you could bake an apple, some kind of a kit where you <laughs> yeah. could bake an apple uh. <laughs> into a shrunken head. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And then somebody posted a picture of the package or something or the ad on my Facebook profile and said, is this the, the apple shrunken head kit you're talking about? And I yep. said, that's it. And it had Vincent Price on it. And I thought, you know, it just jogged my memory because I had forgotten that Vincent Price was part of that. And then the commercial was instantly playing in my head now of Vincent Price, right? He's such an yeah, iconic no, uh, figure for that classic right. horror genre. <laughs> yeah, right? he was on the cover of uh, the board game for Hangman also. Just he's randomly there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, he would kind of just show up everywhere in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was all over the place. And the, and the Brady Bunch thing, too, was, you know, yeah. the creepy crazy guy in the cave living in the cave with all the tiki's you know yeah single single best episode of brady bunch the best episode of the muppets you know yeah, yeah. anytime he showed up he added value yeah yeah have you ever created a piece of art that you got maybe really attached to and you couldn't let it go <laughs> um not really no i no? don't i don't really get i don't really get precious about any any of my originals that's um, good you know, I mean, I, I need money. So uh, if somebody says, hey, you know, I really like that piece, then, you know, like I'm there. I don't think I have one piece of artwork that I would not <laughs> sell. Right. I mean, I, I, have, I have high I have high resolution backups of everything. So if I ever need to make a reproduction, um, I have that. Okay. But, you know, it's like when I die, it's I can't I can't take any of this stuff with me. So it's like I might as well, you know, give it to somebody that really, really wants to, you know, appreciate it. And yeah. You know, and you know, I've I've met like a handful of uh, collectors over the years that you know, like, hey, you know, like they'll they'll kind of just keep you know commission me to do you know uh, different pieces for their collection over and over. So, no, it's all it's all about sharing it and getting it out there into the world. It, yeah. it doesn't do you any good if it just sits around in your garage. What about like one off pieces? I mean, as an artist, I'm sure that you've done things that there's only one of one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm excited to get rid of it. Like I, I'm excited to be like, all right, this thing that, that had value to me also has huge value to someone else. And okay. I can't believe they're willing to spend that kind of money on something like that. And so, maybe sometimes too, you, know. you just get tired of looking at it, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I always feel like I've tricked somebody. You know, if I've, if I've, if I've sold a painting for you know more, more than a thousand dollars, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so sorry for that like guy. You've tricked somebody. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where you would become from that. But I guess what I'm getting at, too, is, you know, one time I was talking to John Mulder about what he does, right? He makes tiki mugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. yeah, he goes, you know, some of these mug projects, I am ready to just, like, move on to the next one. I don't ever want to yeah. see that mug again. Because, you know, he's sculpts it and then and molds mm -hmm. it and then glazes it and fires it. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, you know, there'll be hundreds of pieces. And he's just looking at them all day, every day. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about changing to something different, you know? Yeah. Cause after a while, all you see is the mistakes, you know, and when oh, somebody else looks at it, they're seeing something yeah. different, but it's like, if, if you're with it, if you're staring at something for 40 hours, then all, all you see is the imperfections after Dude, a while. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. I know that you do a lot of graphic stuff. Is there a medium that you haven't tried yet that you want to try? Man, you know, um, I've I've done a handful of mugs now. Um, I've 
but uh, I've I've not really attempted to do any of my own sculpted mugs. Um, I've done a yeah, I've done a handful. Um, so I you know I did a mug for the Bali High that yeah. Tiki developed. And then I did another, uh, my second mug with a, a local sculptor named Robert Maya, who's really awesome. He's the one that did the gigantic uh, gorilla that year at um, Tiki Oasis, you know, that everybody. Yeah. Oh, man. What was I made yeah. of anyway? That giant gorilla. Was it foam or what was that? Man, I, yeah, I would, I'd have to ask him. I, I'm not sure what it, what it all came out of. But, I, but he actually used to work at the same costume company as me. And I know all that purple, you know, the, I think. The, you know, the material, the fabric yeah. that kind of covers up most grill. It was all just leftover stuff in the back room. It just so Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I would think that as somebody that is more accustomed to doing graphics, that actually like getting your hands dirty with clay might be, I don't know what the right word is, you know, like maybe you're out of your comfort zone there. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just working three dimensionally is, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been an oil painter for, you know, 25 years. And that's, that's oh, really? I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, most of my art, if you look at my website, um, it's, it's mostly oil paintings. Oh, I didn't I, know that it was oil paintings. Well, oh. it's, it's a mix because I have okay. stuff that I made in Adobe Illustrator and then, and then original oil paintings and then airbrush. And so I, I do a lot of mixed media. Um, I, I pretty much do everything 2D. But uh, almost nothing 3D. So let me ask you, as somebody that's been oil painting for decades, what are your thoughts about Bob Ross? Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I uh, love Bob, Bob Ross, Bob. and yeah. I can watch. <laughs> I could watch those episodes all night long. As a matter of fact, I'll put one on in YouTube, and I'll go down in a rabbit hole of Bob Ross paintings. And yeah. For hours, because it'll autoplay the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. Kind of the art instructor I wish I always had, you know. Right. He seems patient and he makes it look really easy. But, you know, there was a time when he was criticized for not being a real artist. And I put real artist in quotes, right? I guess like in the 80s, maybe it was even the 70s, you know, when he was at the height of his fame, there were artists that were saying, well, he's not a real artist, yeah, I would I would never say that. I think he's a yeah. you know, brilliant brilliant at his at his craft, and you know he's somebody that I agree. Had mastery over what he did. Sure. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I watch his stuff, I think, you know, I want to try that. He makes it look really easy. I just haven't. Um, well, I think he should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, talking with you about this whole trying the sculpting thing, you know, mm-hmm. if if you're game to to give it a shot, maybe we could work on a project together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, I, I'd love to do that. You know, so I, you know, there was a time when I took art classes and and I did go to school for art. It was something that I was focusing on at one time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, the game is especially with this world that we're in. The bar is set so high. There's so much great talent out there, and you know, I've done my share of some fun stuff, but I'm too intimidated to show anybody, you know? No way, man. Well, what was, what was your discipline? Like, what did you, what did you do? What'd you like to do? Uh, I, I like to do a bunch of different things. I like to carve and I like to paint, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed painting. I started painting probably, well, so I should, let me, let me back up in the eighties. I would draw because the comic book thing, again, I was mm-hmm. drawn to the art in comic books and drew a lot of characters and, you know, I was drawing a lot up until maybe like the mid-90s I started painting. It was acrylic painting, 
I've never painted with oils, so I don't even know how it compares to acrylics. But, um, you know, in the early days of this Tiki revival in the early 2000s, I was vending at all the events and I was selling my art. But, you know, I had a full-time job and it just kind of felt like I didn't need to do that. Um, you know, because like I had a full-time job, but also because I didn't want to do that because I'd sit behind a table all day and, and you know how that feels, you know, like when you were at Comic-Con, for example, you were, it was slammed, right? Yeah. And I don't remember seeing an assistant when I went by your booth. I don't know how you could even leave to just use the restroom, you know? I don't know. I, I, I really like it because, you know, creating is, is something you do in solitude and sure. you're, you're, you're by yourself for, if I'm working on a painting, I might spend 30 hours on, on one painting just completely by myself in my head. It's certainly cathartic and, and therapeutic, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like when you're behind the table, you get to, you know, you get to share and you get to kind of talk about things and you get to, you know, get feedback and, you know, that's something that you don't get except for like a very, yeah. you know, like whenever you're doing a show. So I, I, I really love that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do enjoy creating stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm I'm a little intimidated about sharing. So, you know, what's going to happen is after this episode comes out, people are going to start PMing me to, hey, just, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love, no, I'd love to see what you did. I didn't, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, I'd yeah, love, uh, love to see what you can share. Most people don't, so, <laughs> and it'll probably stay that way, but. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> You're putting it out there. <laughs> and it's all, you know, I mean, art, art is just time. It's just, it, your art is as good as your butt is in the chair for how many hours you sat in the chair yeah. to, to get it done. And, you know, it's, if anybody's ever intimidated, I was like, it's it's more about time than, than it is about talent. Sure. You know, and another thing that I enjoy doing is, um. You know, like when people have an art jam and there's a bunch of people that gather, it could be as little as two or three people to as many as a dozen people. And everybody's kind of being creative in the same room at the same time. That's a lot of yeah. fun, you know. Well, I host, uh, yeah, well, um, hit me up, man, because we, we do an art night every every Tuesday night down here. So, I don't oh, know. do you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and it's all different disciplines. So, you know, my, my friend Emily, she makes, uh, you know, like animatronic uh, plush you know, sculptures and, you know, my friend Ashley, uh, who's my, um, you know, she's my creative partner. She's the one that does all my cabana sets. She does all the production and sewing and everything. Yeah. That's uh, Vol- volcano designs. Um, you know, she'll, she'll come over and, you know, get some sewing done and, nice. you know, some people are sculptors. Some people are working, you know, drawn on their iPad. So, Oh dude, yeah, I, so, I would love yeah. to, I, I, I will circle back with you on that because, you know, uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed this past couple of months is I've gone to Drew Brophy's art jams he has it i don't know if he still has it it was through the end of the year but he would have it every saturday he'd start at 5 p.m people would bring like you know just snacks or beer or whatever to share and then he'd throw all his posca pens out on he'd set up these big tables in his gallery and yeah and everybody would just kind of you know, you'd kind of like uh, share stuff with the group on the table and they'd set up a bonfire outside and, you know, inside people would just draw, you know, and it was, yeah. it was fun, you know, and, well, and then you take a break, you go outside and sit around the bonfire and have a beer and maybe somebody brought a guitar too, you know, and, uh, and it was fun. Yeah, that's the best. I mean, no, no matter where I've, I've lived, I've, I, I have to have that, that weekly check in that, that kind of community. It's, it's really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned your cabana sets. Mm-hmm. 
I'd be remiss about not talking about that. Let's let's mention that because I was impressed by something that I saw at Comic Con. Yeah, you were wearing a, a cabana set there that you had designed. So t- yeah, talk yeah, about so that. Like, yeah, my um, so uh, my my friend Ashley uh, Meek uh, from Volcano Designs. Uh, you know, she, she does uh, her own custom wear, but her and I we are you know collaborate a handful of times out of the year. Um, and so my, my line of Tiki merchandise is creepy Tiki. You can go to creepy Tiki.com to check it all out. Um, but that's just specifically for just the Tiki stuff that I do. Okay. And, and so, uh, so yeah, we've got a couple, a couple things in the works for, for this year, but, um, yeah, we can do uh, cocktail dresses, uh, you know, uh, cabana sets, you know, just custom, custom shirts, whatever, whatever you need, all, Very all, nice. all sizes, everything, everything's all handmade. So uh, you can get pretty much everything custom. And your, if somebody like, wanted to do like custom pattern on, I should say custom artwork on the fabric, do you do that also? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I create I create the repeat pattern, and then uh, and then we, yeah, just you know print it by the rolls, and then she does all the production work on it. And we, yeah. you know, once again, we she's one of the other uh, people at disguise, you know, that I met who's out. You know, for the costume company, because I was one of the artists and she was one of the pattern makers. And so that's where we connected. So Creepy Tiki, Mm -hmm. that's a great segue to Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah. I once again, it was it was a pretty it was a, just a good good year, um, good couple last months. Um, I got hit up by Hot Topic, and you know they said, hey, you know we, we like what you do. Would you be interested in uh, you know getting you know your shirts uh, you know like in our store? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. So wow. I ended up working with the Hot Topic team, and just right around Christmas, um, I have like my own store on the Hot Topic website that I that I curate. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, it's it's a pretty long address. <laughs> it's, okay. Uh, it's hottopic.com slash creators slash artist slash Devin dash Devereaux. It's, it's probably just easiest if you just go to like my <laughs> Instagram or my website to, well, to find it. We'll yeah. make it easy for our listeners. I'll put that link. I'll put that link okay. in the description of the podcast so that people yeah. can just click on it if they want to go right to that spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I have yeah, I have a lot of my a lot of my creepy tiki stuff is up there. I also have my uh, my baboon exorcism um, t shirt on there, um, which has nothing to do with tiki, but people still like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, earlier we talked about artists that influenced you. Now that you've got stuff in retail stores and you're doing custom things like clothing, for example, it's probably like a full circle thing. Now you're probably influencing people that you may not even know that you're doing. You know, so uh, that's kind of a cool thing or a cool thought to to say that. But, you know, but uh, one thing that's really cool is um, I, you know, I connected with a guy up in Poway, um, uh, Nathan, and, you know, he goes to all the Tiki shows. And so Mm -hmm. he asked if it would be okay if he, um, you know, started taking my art and turning into carvings. And so he's, you know, kind of going to town, like doing his own take on my art, you know, like sculptures. That's pretty sweet. That's, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. You should take some of your art and make mugs, start going down that that road because you know the mug thing there's people out there that go mug crazy you know? well you know that i do have uh my first mondo mug coming out this year oh I, I didn't know that talk about that yeah um i am i'm doing a mug with mondo um i i so i love a lot of kind of uh, aquatic horror um specifically lovecrafty and aquatic horror like you know cthulhu and the shadow over in's mouth and and okay. Dagon and and, the, and it's kind of like the whole idea is called the deep ones which are like these ancient gods that lived underwater and so a lot of what I do is kind of like like a riff on on those those archetypes, and so I did a whole series of um, pieces called the creep ones and is play on the deep ones. And 
you know, kind of like these underwater like tiki gods. And um, so Bondo was was digging that, so they kind of asked me to create a like a new custom, um, you know, tiki mug for them. And it's it's uh, based on that. It's called the Innsmouth Creep, and uh, it's going to be coming out later oh, yeah. this year. I don't have yeah, the actual okay. date on it yet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll keep an eye out for that too. So yeah. before we wrap up, let's give our listeners the addresses to where they can find you online. Sure. So my, my main hub for everything is devindevereaux.com. So that's D-E-V-O-N-D-E-V-E-R-E-A-U-X.com. And that kind of is a big nest for everything that I do. And then there's creepytiki.com, which is just my, my tiki artwork. And my Instagram handle is at devindevereaux. And those are probably the, the three main, main spots where you kind of find everything that I do through those. Very cool. I'm going to circle back with you about not just this art night that you guys do on Tuesdays, but yeah. it'd be awesome to do a project together in the future. I, so, would, I would love that. and uh, I would I love think, that too. Uh, need to see more, more of uh, Adrian's art out in the world, especially <laughs> these, uh, these tiki shows. That's what I want to see. It's going to take a lot of coaxing for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can do it. I think, I, think, I think the world is ready for it. I don't know. I don't know. But I appreciate <laughs> the encouragement. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, this podcast is about you right now. <laughs> let's, let's stop turning, <laughs> turning in that direction. <laughs> But hey, I want to say thank you again for being on the show and I I appreciate you you taking the time. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And the next time I'm in San Diego, I'm going to hit you up. Uh, You know, I get down there every once in a while and I don't think I've ever actually got to hang with you in San Diego other than when we were at Comic-Con together. No, no, yeah, we... We kind of circled around each other, but we didn't really connect. Yeah, Comic-Con was impossible. It was, I mean, just walking from the hotel down the sidewalk to the convention center which is like a hundred yards i think it took me 25 minutes because there was sidewalk traffic right and and it was bumper to bumper shuffling of the feet you know so it was yeah it gets and it just keeps keeps getting crazier every year it was insane no no end in sight yeah and then i knew where your booth was right and i thought okay i'm gonna go stop and say hi to Devin. And I couldn't turn down the aisle because the the foot traffic was so thick and I could see the aisle that you're in that I thought, okay, do I stop everybody just so that I could try to like, it was like being in a concert, you know, where yeah. you go where well, the crowd have, goes, yeah. you know? And, and, I, and I landed in a ridiculously good spot because I've been doing that show for almost 20 years. And so I keep kind of working my way up to better spots on the floor. Yeah. And the spot that I'm in right now, I'm, I'm neighbors. The guy right next to me is Chris Sanders, who's the creator of Lilo and Stitch. So oh, nice. I, so once a year, I just get to kind of hang out with him and pick his brain for, for five days yeah. every summer. And then uh, the guy across from me is Jason Edmiston. He's like one of the world's, like, you know, biggest, you know, most popular illustrators. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm in a really cool spot. So they, those guys drive a ton of traffic yeah, into that yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well. I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to finally get to your booth, but then you were with a customer, so we didn't really get to hang. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm at the same spot every year, so I'll be, I'll be back there for 2020. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I appreciate again everything, Devin, and um, you enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, buddy. Thanks so much for the call. All right. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers.